We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast. It's week 17 for the Garage Beers Podcast, episode 17. We're going to talk a little bit about the Cleveland Browns this week with our very special guest from Channel 5 here in Cleveland, Cameron Justice, a member of the uh, Cleveland Sports Girl Gang on social media. Cameron's going to talk to us about the Browns, about Miles Garrett's contract. We're going to play the schedule game uh, and, and much more. Plus, we've got our Garage Beers of the Week as always. So, come on up the driveway, pull up your favorite lawn chair, grab a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome, everybody, into episode 17 of the Garage Beers podcast. I am Michael Keefe. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Garage Beers Mike, uh, and joined by our, our regular cast of crazy people in the garage here. And we've got a really special guest that we're going to get to in a minute. But before we do that, let's just send it around the horn a little bit. Uh, I'm over here on the west side of Cleveland. Over on the east side is Chad Meyer out in his garage. What's going on, Chad? I, I, I have a new reason to be afraid of bears. Uh, uh, other than that, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing it's pretty well. Gonna, you're not going to expand on that? Uh, yeah, of course I am. Have you seen this video of the bear doing nunchuck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, I, I don't know if, like, a rival bear dojo is, like, infringing on his territory, <laughs> but there's this video of this bear just, 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 just slinging nunchucks over his shoulder like, like i mean and it's like it's it's good form like and i don't know as if i didn't have a reason to be afraid of bears enough if i'm walking in the woods i can't imagine a fucking bear flailing nunchucks at me i love it <laughs> you're talking about perfect form what do you know about nunchuck form well, watch, oh. i watch teenage mutant ninja turtles i know about nunchucks <laughs> listen i i just finished season two of cobra kai uh, on youtube <laughs> i know <laughs> I am now an expert on karate. Okay. All right. All right so Chad's, just, Chad's gonna get nunchucked in the back of the head by a bear. Uh, uh, we will try to get video of that. Uh, in the meantime, down in Nashville, Joe Whalen, what's going on, Joe? I'm heartbroken. Uh, a a soccer icon by the name of Tim Howard is just getting his teeth kicked in right now. I'm watching the USL championships, oh. Birmingham versus Memphis and Birmingham is just smashing goals on Tim Howard. Poor guy. I feel just, so bad. Just hit you right here. Right. I know. Yeah. It's tough. 
Um, big, I'm a big Birmingham fan. What? Who are they? <laughs> they have like a hammer and an anvil for their logo. So, so the Birmingham Soviets. All right, let's do this. Yes. Uh, oh, Chad showing the bear doing it... nunchucks. Oh, we're all oh watching my it. Gosh. Yeah, it's a bear with nunchucks. Yeah, uh, I mean, I wouldn't mess with that. Yeah. So again, I'm Garage Beers Mike on Twitter. Garage Beers Chad. Garage Beers Joe. Um, and you can follow us on Facebook, you can follow us on Instagram and all that. But right now we're going to bring in our special guest. We're really excited for this. Uh, we're going back into the, I don't know. I don't know if it's like an official thing or if you have to like be inducted in this, but we're just going to say you're part of this. We're going back to the, the Cleveland sports, the Cleveland girl gang that's going on. Uh, we said it's, a, I didn't want to call it a resurgence. It's just a surgence, uh, of, of females in sports, uh, talking about sports, uh, and, and really, uh, um, being a loud and, and awesome voice in the sports world. And we're excited to bring another member of the Cleveland girl gang in. Uh, uh, this person is a digital content producer for channel five. Uh, she's an expert level social media sports presence. Uh, she does great work on Twitter. She's a, f- a fantastic follow. Um, she's a local, she grew up in Akron and, uh, and we're really excited to talk a little bit of sports with her. So uh, welcome in Cameron justice, Cameron, thank you for joining us. I'm so excited. This is fun. This is going to be a blast. Yeah, we're we don't have any fun on this podcast. So I can't. I, I figured. Yeah. We started off talking about bears with nunchucks, so I figured this was going to be a boring podcast. It's only going downhill from here, Cameron. I told you at the beginning, Cameron, mediocre at best. So you're just going to make it awesome. Yeah. I love this. Well, great. Welcome. We're excited to talk a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about you. We're going to talk a little bit about. I'm just, I'm laughing because we're going to talk a little bit about sports, but like nothing is happening in sports right now it's like it really is the first time and we of course the dopes that we are started a podcast right when this uh pandemic happened uh but we've always managed to find like a ton of stuff to talk about and this week it's like oh god what what happened this week uh but we're gonna figure it out we got some fun stuff to talk about right now it's like those couple days like after the mlb all-star break when there's just nothing going on yes (laughs) find something to talk about but it's okay because we are we are single digit days away from baseball we are single digit days so close. I, just, I, I like, I don't want, I, I can't believe that it's actually happening until it happens. I feel like there's just going to be the rug that gets pulled out from under us. Like, Oh wait, we're going to start in September. No, uh, <laughs> but we'll see what happens before we get into all that though. We, before we talk about Cameron, before we talk about sports, uh, we've got to do uh, our favorite segment every week. And that is our garage beers of the week. And uh, we're very happy to be joined by Cameron for our garage beers of the week, even though Cameron doesn't have a, uh, a beer of the week per se. Cameron is drinking a garage drink of the week. And so Cameron, what do you got? What's your garage drink of the week this week? This is uh this is my cheap Seagram's uh whiskey <laughs> and diet coke trying to be healthy while still drinking. <laughs> it's listen, it's mental health and it's physical <laughs> health. Right. I'm telling you. How do you go wrong? Listen. I, I learned this from New Girl. You treat outside wounds with rubbing alcohol. You treat inside wounds with drinking alcohol. I got wounds from this quarantine, man. This has been crazy 2020. So we're we're healing. We are healing. Yes. This is self care. <laughs> Listen, now that we mentioned New Girl, we screw the sports. We're just gonna spend this episode playing True American. Okay. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Am I right. the only one that doesn't know what that is? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, are, have you not watched an episode of New Girl? I might no, slap never. you. Never. Oh, my gosh. Uh, now, I, guess I don't I'm... think I want to be here anymore. Can I go? No, you can't <laughs> go. No, you, you sit there and drink your healthy drink. 
Yeah. No, uh, I may have to watch an episode now because I think I just got my latest life motto. Uh, inside wounds and outside wounds and all that. As long as alcohol is involved, whatever. I just feel like I might mix it up at some point. <laughs> Treat inside wounds with rubbing alcohol. <laughs> Don't do that. All right, so we're we're bringing the the Seagrams and diet to the Garage Beers podcast. That's okay. Garage Beers approved. Uh, let's send it down to Nashville. Joe, what's your Garage Beer of the Week this week? Oh, okay. Uh, back in California again for whatever reason, oh, but I have uh, an Unveiled Brewing Company Mango IPA. Okay. That's um, what was it funny for. Yeah, how is it? It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's oh. uh you know, it's not super uh, like in your face hoppy. Uh, it's from Nevada, California, which I have no idea where that's at. Um, but I'm sure it's beautiful there. And they have a uh, very lovely beer. Nice. And it's got like a nice little fruity mango forward tasting in the front. And uh, I wish I had more of them, honestly. Oh, there you go. The one. That's good. That's a, that's a, that's a pleasant surprise. All right. Yeah. Joe went out to California. Chad, what do you got for your garage beer of the week? Oh, I'm going to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> Only the uh, best beers come from Milwaukee. Uh, it's just a simple Miller Lite. Uh, the only reason I, 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 I the, the beer is going to get replenished this coming Thursday. Uh, it's great taste, less filling. I guess I'm being healthy this week too. And it's, <laughs> yeah. even, it's even in a beer mug so, or, or a coffee mug. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, Miller Lite's pretty self-explanatory. It's just your uh, average Pilsner, and yeah, here we go. You just threw me back. I don't know if you remember from uh, Cleveland Municipal Stadium. You threw me back to the old scoreboard that was out in center field with the great taste, less filling. And it was like very pixelated artwork. And like oh, yeah. the umpire was yelling great taste. And then like the manager was yelling less filling and they were yelling at each other. Right. Uh, right. With light bumps at each other's throats. I miss that place. That's a beautiful place. All right, Miller Lite, just just swinging its way in here. So I, for my Garage Beer of the Week, I uh, headed my way out to Westlake, Ohio, and went to Sibling Revelry Brewery, a great little beer over there just uh, right near Crocker Park. And I've been wanting to try this one because I've seen it all over social media. And so shout out to NBA Champion and – one of the shortest lived but most beloved Cleveland sports figures of all time, Channing Fry, uh, collaborated with Sibling Revelry out there, and they came up with the Fry PA. So it's an mm. IPA with orange and natural flavors, and it's a it's a Channing Fry thing. It's it says helping Portland, and there's a story. I'm not going to read the whole story because it's a whole paragraph, but uh, uh, you know Channing's a, a Portland guy. He still lives out there, and uh, uh, and it's helping Cleveland, helping Cleveland, helping Portland. Uh, and yeah, it's just nice. It's a nice IPA. Uh, nothing crazy. A little bit more of a West Coast IPA, which makes sense because it's Channing Fry and he's a West Coast guy. But uh, yeah, let's talk about Channing Fry for a minute. Uh, I always lump. I, I think we will always lump Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson, right? They're paired for life. Yeah, paired buddies. Uh, did did yeah. is, is is there ever been a more loved? duo of players that were around a city for a shorter amount of time than Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson. Oh, you, you want to know what's funny is Channing Fry. He's Richard Jefferson's only follow on Twitter. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's Channing Fry. I just, you were around for like 
a hot minute. Now, obviously you won a championship, but a lot of players won a championship. And we don't really talk about Timofey Mozgov or Sasha Khan, but like Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson, they're like, they are, they are Clevelanders. What, what a status. What a status. One of my favorite players I've ever worked with. The dude was just so laid back. He, he was a true pro and like, and he, and he could, um, I mean, he made you laugh every time. It's just, you could tell the difference between the guys who are uncomfortable doing the game ops, like video type of stuff. And the guys who are, and, and the guys who just love being there, who are pros and the, like, just are just laid back and having fun with it. And Channing was one of those guys. So he was, he was awesome to work with. What about Cameron? Can you think of any other players that were around for a short amount of time that get as much love as those two guys? No. And how can you not love them though? That's right. the thing is they're funny. They're, they were just like all about Cleveland. They were all in. The two of them together, they, their bromance was everything. <laughs> it was so great. And just all around good guys, too. Like They're just like super nice guys. Oh, and they were good. They were good. That's, that's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. You know, well, that goes without saying. I, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about this in a minute because we're going to talk about this contract that Miles Garrett just signed and then the video that he put up uh, today about that contract signing. But like, it's very easy to be loved in Cleveland when you're an athlete. Cause all you have to do is like talk about how you like Cleveland and then we love you. <laughs> if you're like, man, it was a nice day in Cleveland today. People are like, gets us, gets us. Let's do this. Let's go drink Lake water. Uh. Well, we talked about last week and it's especially if you're a Brown, but especially if you're a Brown, like the, the, the Browns have like this much edge over like Cavs and Indians, but you're right about any athlete though. Like Francisco Lindor is like, this is my city. Like, Oh, he's one of us. Great not going to keep up. Oh, he's going to work in the steel mills. <laughs> he's great. He's great. Oh, I bet you he hangs out down at the, down at, down at Great Lakes Brewing Company all the time. But the thing that always throws me, like we always remember Channing Fry for just being kind of, yeah, he was mostly, most of the time he was here, he was just, he'd come off the bench, get hot every once in a while. He was kind of the end of the bench guy. But Richard Jefferson, man, when you watch highlights of games from, you know, four, five years ago, he had like, it always throws me off at some of the dunks that Richard Jefferson threw down as a member of the Cavs. Like just the craziest dunks over like Clay Thompson in the finals and, or like in that Christmas game that the Cavs won on that last second Kyrie Irving shot. I think Richard Jefferson had three of like the biggest dunks I've ever seen in that game. And it's like, you don't even like, it's hard to even remember that. Anyways, I digress. Anyways, Channing Fry, delicious beer, sibling revelry brewery. It is the Fry PA. It gets uh, some serious thumbs up for the Grouch Beers of the Week. So those are the Grouch Beers of the Week. Cheers to all of you. Cheers to everybody listening. And now let's uh, let's get into our, our, our special guest here for a minute, uh, Cameron Justice. So again, works for Channel 5. But let's talk about before that. Uh, so you're from Akron, right? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised uh, between Akron and Cleveland, all in between. So what's your talk, talk to us about your, your Cleveland sports fan origins. Uh, since the day I was born, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't have a choice. I mean, even if I did, I would have picked Cleveland, but <laughs> didn't have a choice. Uh, Indians fan. I got pictures of me as a baby in my, in my Indians gear. Yeah. When I was two, I knew the starting lineup of the Cleveland Indians. I, I what was the starting team. lineup when you were two? When I was two, all that was, <laughs> got Sandy Alomar in there. You got Vierga, Tommy. It was in the 90s. That's fine. <laughs> I love it. It was the 95. Oh, all right. 95. Yeah. 95, 96, 97. That's like, that's my whole life. 
and I was so tiny. That's Joe. That's that was <laughs> you guys must be right there, same age. Yeah. That's that's Joe. That's Joe's uh, youngest yep. formative years. I broke I broke my uh, right arm during the '97 World Series, <laughs> Game Seven of the '97 World Series. I broke yeah, my well, right arm. I broke my heart in that game. So fine. <laughs> Didn't we all? Huh. And everything else, just like you know, Cleveland sports. So it fell in. There was no, yeah. There was no other option. All right. So, so talk to us a little bit about what you're doing with channel five, uh, because digital content producer. So tell us a little bit about what that entails and, uh, and how that allows you to kind of, to, to maintain the presence that you do stay in the sports arena and, and kind of everything you're doing for channel five. Yeah. So, I mean, my focus obviously is sports. Um, but I, I work for news five is digital content, so it's everything. So I've been covering the coronavirus. I've been covering the protests and everything that's going on. National news, we covered all of the wine with the wine. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not just sports. I obviously prefer sports. That's my thing. Um, but I do a lot of everything. A lot of all the stories you see on the uh, on the website, we all kind of split it up. And then on weekends, that's all me. Um, but when it comes to Cleveland sports, like, they're, they're awesome there. And they know that sports is my thing, my jam, my forte. So, uh, I've been able to cover the Browns, the Indians, the Cavs, um, really heavy on the Browns. That's where, that's like where I'm at. So last year we were, you know, at training camp, season credentials. So out there covering the team, um, because nice. we are, we're, we're the TV partner for the Browns. So we want as much coverage obviously as we can yep. get. So, uh, I'm just blessed that they, let me do that. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's really cool. And I don't know, it just feels like growing up here and seeing the coverage that the Browns got, not just like locally, but nationally, it, it's not always been great, like positive. <laughs> and there's positive. I'm sorry, the Browns? I know. And like, you know, even when you go 0-16, there are positive storylines that you should be talking about. Yes, you have to criticize a team that goes 0-16, of course, of course. But it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom. You can find good things. So that's like, that's my thing. It's like, I criticize the team, yes, when they need to be criticized, but also it's not just doom and gloom. It's not just the Browns being the Browns. There's good storylines and, and good reporting to be done there. So that's my goal. That's always been my goal. The good reporting I can dig, but I don't know. Oh, and 16. I don't, I don't That was the, that might've been 16 was like the push to get Hugh Jackson out. Come on. That's good. That's a positive storyline. I feel like as a Browns fan, it's like, well, we, we had a team. Well, that I was like, good. We got that awesome like, parade afterwards. Oh God. I like that spin. I like that spin. I am positive. Hugh Jackson will be gone after this year. <laughs> yeah. There's always a way to find some positivity. It worked. Kind of. I mean, he did come back the next year, but it kind of worked. That was like, it was the push. It was the push in it the was. right direction. It was. You're, that's fair. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you talked about some of the other things you're covering and, and listen, I just want to talk for a minute because it's your pinned tweet on your, on your, uh, on your Twitter page. Uh, uh, you wrote a really great article. Uh, I think it just went on the channel five website, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he stepped away from sports a little bit in the light of, um, and we do, we do talk some serious things on the, on the garage beers podcast every once in a while. Um, uh, but with, with current events and things going on the way they are, you wrote an awesome article about 
your experience um, being biracial and um, and kind of experiencing. I love that you called it just this civil rights movement. Um, I think that was cool. Um, uh, so talk to us a little bit about the origin of that story. Was that was that an idea that you pitched to them? Was that something somebody came to you about? Um, and how'd that come about? And what, kind of what did that mean for you to write that article? Yeah, so actually, I, I, I didn't even think that it was going to go on our on our website. I just, I knew I wanted to write it. Um, and I was going to just probably tweet it, put it on my, my Facebook, and like use a WordPress site or something. Because yeah. we don't typically do like first-person essays at our station that's just not we do news so i didn't expect uh for it to go on our website so i but i just wanted my editor to check it out because he's awesome and i was like okay he, he'll really make sure that this is honed and make sure this is like how i want it to be portrayed and as he read it and he just want, he was like we can we can we put this on the site and i was all for it i just didn't even think that that was going ever going to be a thing so I, for me, writing it was, it just felt important. It felt like a, a perspective that needed to be shared because, I mean, I do have a different perspective because as much as I've been labeled by my blackness, I also am not fully black. So I don't have the full black experience. So there's that middle ground. There's so many other people who are like me, who are biracial and who are caught in between of having the experience without having the full experience um, and also having this weird kind of voice because I have white fan family, I have white friends who see me for the level of black that I am. Uh, so for me, it feels like it's almost my responsibility to tell them, teach them, show them what is actually happening with the other half of me and why it's so important and why we need change because it's not okay nothing that's happening is okay nothing can be justified there are problems that we need to fix and instead of shying away from it and pretending that it doesn't exist or pretending that it's not a real problem we need to be talking about this and more importantly people who are on the receiving end of this they need to be talking about it and people who aren't need to be listening so that was my goal for writing it i didn't think that it was going to have the platform that it did with our station's website. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad it did because, you know, I had a lot of people, I was really nervous for the feedback because you, you know, if you go to any local TV right. station's Facebook page, you'll see um, uh, probably the, the grossest comments. It's hell. It's, it's horrible. That's half, uh, that's my job too. That's half my job is social media. Uh, so, I mean, you see those things and, and it's just, it's, it's horrible. It's horrifying to see the comments. So, I was nervous for it to go on our social media. Um, but honestly, the feedback, there was some negativity, not as bad as I thought, but I, I really, the feedback really touched me because I had, I got messages of people that are like, that's my story. I know exactly what you mean. And I mean, I didn't expect it to get that kind of feedback, but I'm just happy that I was able to maybe give a voice to people who weren't sure how to put what they were feeling into words or like have some, have it resonate with somebody else, even if it just touched a couple people and like maybe you made a couple people listen. It, it just made me feel really great to be able to provide that kind of perspective in this, in this crazy time that we're in. Yeah. I thought it was the, the, there was a super moving part when you were talking about your brother too. Obviously your brother looks a little different. He's a little, I, I don't know. I say, obviously, like I know that it's obvious <laughs> because you wrote it in the article. Uh, he has a darker complexion. Uh, so, you know, you talked about how his life experience, even though you guys are, you, you two are the same, you're the same biracial, you're, you're 
you've got the same amount of black and white and all that. You're the same, but he, he looks a little bit different. He's a little darker and he's had a totally different life experience when it comes to that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I commend you for, you know, being, uh, uh, a young lady that, that decided to put herself out there and her experience out there in a time where there is unrest. And, and my wife and I were just talking about that, uh, during the DeWine thing, because something came up on like one of the news stations pages wrote something about how uh stores are gonna start requiring masks or whatever and the flipping comments man like all right horace go live in your bunker and never shop in a store again like leave it alone it's i'm never looks like i'm never going back to these places again and that's just about masks so so putting something as personal and and frankly as uh as as what can be as a difficult of a topic to discuss as race out there and letting letting that crew have at it uh it it took some guts so it was a really great article and, and just wanted to commend you on that for sure thank you i really i, really, I appreciate it and yeah i'm just i'm just glad that it's there and you guys you guys got to read it so that's 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 awesome yeah I, just all i wanted was just maybe like a couple people to read it so as long as i did that Joe, Joe and I read it, and we read it to Chad, so he got to hear it, he too. Got, he heard it too. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't have any pictures, so I needed him to read it to me. Uh, so before we get into sports, let's talk about this last thing that uh, that I think is really cool, and I just kind of want your your take on it and, and what it's like to be a part of it. But we're just calling it the surgeons. I think we should patent that. I think we should we should hashtag that shit. And get that thing on Twitter, and it's from now on, it's the surgeons. Uh, but uh, how fun has it been? Uh, a being a part of, and B just kind of watching this. Uh, uh, and, and it's I'm going to talk Cleveland specific because that's where I live and it's where I pay attention to what's going on. But this Cleveland surgeons of females talking sports and frankly sticking up for themselves talking sports and and really having an awesome voice and 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 really being experts, being the experts that they are and, and not taking any guff. What's that been like to watch? How fun has that been to be a part of? Oh, it's so cool. It's so dope. I, <laughs> I love all, like, all the ladies on Twitter. They're, they're the Cleveland girl gang, and I have infiltrated. I'm not, I'm not one of the main members, but I find my way in there because I really, I really appreciate it. Any woman that is just like bold enough to – because it's not, it's not rare that women like sports. It's not unique. It's not new. It's been a thing the difference now is just yeah seeing all of these women take charge and say yeah what are you gonna do and then proving everybody wrong and the cleveland girl gang they're awesome they just they shut everything down <laughs> they come back they're quick-witted they will they will correct you when you're wrong but i mean not just in cleveland it's everywhere and that's it's super important because i mean that's what started my journey was listening to sports radio and I didn't hear any women's voices. There's no, there was no women hosts. There was, and even at my college radio station, there was no women's voices at all. So that's where I joined that. I "I have to, I have to be a part of this. This is unreal. How is this happening? I went up there and I joined and I was the first woman to join the female sports team at university of Akron, WZIP. And then became the sports director and so like that's my goal I just like the whole time I was there I was just trying to recruit women because I had a bunch of classmates who were and people in the radio station that were like yeah I like sports I'm like then why are you not on the team why are you not talking about this what are you doing so that's like that's always my goal it's just anytime a woman wants to be in sports like encourage them 
And then anytime someone doubts you, shut them down. <laughs> shut them down. That's I like sometimes I get worried because you know people troll. Oh. We all know how Twitter works, but everyone's like, don't respond to the trolls. Sometimes the trolls need responded to to show them, hey, look, we know what we're talking about. So that is something that I will do. But there are women that have been doing this before. Like, I'm just trying to match these my my role models. I want to be Doris Burke. I want to be Mina Kimes. They are my heroes. Yeah. <laughs> like that's my goal. So that's what I'm aiming for. And then in the meantime, I'm gonna support all of these women who want the same things. We gotta build each other up. Yeah, Twitter's a cesspool when it comes to that <laughs> uh, that type of thing. So it's uh I, I'm really, you know, it's, I really commend you on that, uh, Cameron. And just, I don't know, kind of sticking with Akron for a minute. I, I know it's a little kind of off topic, not in the direction where we want to go, but I just wanted, wanted your take on where the, you know, the state of that university. I mean, they've gotten rid of a bunch of sports already, and now they just got rid of 178 positions today. So I just, I was just curious what your thoughts were on the state of, uh, of Akron. Oh, my heart is broken because I don't, there's a lot of professors, a lot of instructors that, that I had that taught me that might be gone. And a lot of them don't even know. They won't know until tomorrow or even the next day. So there's a lot of fates that hang in the balance. And with the sports programs, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking because Akron sports already suffer a lot. And so then to cut programs that are, known for being good but they don't bring in the kind of money like the cross-country team right i mean it, it's it's painful because like they're good they've earned their right to stay but they're not a team that brings in money the way the university wants so like it's 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 a really bad situation that they're in and i hope that may like they say it's permanent maybe it doesn't have to be maybe this is something down the road that they start reincorporating different sports in and, and rehire some people and or maybe these people who are losing their jobs maybe they find a, a job somewhere nearby um but it's yeah the university of akron's not in a great place nobody's really in a great place it's hard to be right now so i just hope that after we get this coronavirus pandemic reeled in please and <laughs> we can tighten it up then then they can go back and try to fix these programs and bring in the sports i mean they got rid of baseball. They brought it back. So I don't think it's permanently doomed. I don't think these these organizations and these these teams are just completely gone from the university. But I do think for the next year, it's going to be rough for the university. Yeah, it's uh, it's sad. We I, I went to Bowling Green and and they just went through that. They that was kind of a crazy story though. We should have talked about that a little more. And I don't have all the details, but they cut their baseball team, and then there was this this huge like swell of of support and they brought back their baseball team like a month later like they cut it and brought it right back uh but yeah it's 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 crazy it's you know you talked about you're doing some reporting but there was the big <laughs> the dewine thing today that like everybody was all worked up for and then he was like hey wear a mask or we're gonna have to do some shit so and we don't want to so put your masks on he's the disappointed father he's not mad at you it's uh, just disappointed yeah, that's worse it's so worse it should be worse <laughs> i guess it's different when it is your dad though like when it's mike dewine i'm like eh, all right what are you gonna do ground me don't make me come up there it was pretty much the, don't make me come up just, there i don't know i was just sitting there like just yeah. Yeah, i get it yeah put your mask up i'm wearing mine it's fine i just do it to cover my face though i do it for all of you uh all right so let's get into some cleveland sports and the one big thing that did happen uh this week 
just recently, uh, news broke, uh, what was it, yesterday, two days ago? Uh, news broke that Miles Garrett and the Browns were closing in on a massive contract, and that contract got signed today. Uh, and it is the largest contract in the NFL history for a defensive player. Miles Garrett gets five years, $125 million, $100 million guaranteed, and $50 million guaranteed at signing. Boom. Here's 50 million bucks tomorrow. What? Uh, and so the Browns go ahead and say, for the first time, this is this is the craziest stat of all. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit because I got some I got some names to throw out and I want to hear some impressions. For the first time since they since they extended Joe Hayden after his rookie deal, the Browns have extended a first round pick. Miles Garrett made him the highest played defensive player in the history in the NFL. So uh I mean, I would hope I would hope this is an easy question for everybody, but how are we feeling about this? Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I'll let I'll I'll yield to Cameron right right now. <laughs> the best news I've heard in a long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He is worth every penny. He is worth every penny. And I'm just so glad the Browns finally extended somebody <laughs> who deserves it. <laughs> I mean, Miles Garrett is one of those talents that you just don't, you don't come across all the time. And people try to, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's envy or if they just like on the hate train, but it's so weird because you can't, you can't ever take away from the talent that Miles Garrett has shown in the few seasons. He's only been in the league for a few seasons and he's already incredible. Like he's not even reached, he's not even near his peak. So the fact that he's been able to be so disruptive for the Browns, and have such an impact, of course, of course you pay that man. And he's just an overall good guy. He's a good teammate. He's a good person. He's so smart. So, yes, that's, that's who you want on your team. You need a guy like that on your team. He swings helmet at, helmets at the right people. Yes. <laughs> I'm not comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that he did it at the right person. I was down for it. Let me tell you, I have heard the audio. Okay, <laughs> I have heard the audio, but that, but but well, that's a different subject. But uh, what do you mean that's a different subject? What do you mean you've heard what the audio? audio? Uh, I will tell you right now. I I, I I'm not going to name names, but I was working that game for the NFL Network that night, and the uh, Cameron, you know this, the A one, the A one position is the main audio guy in a TV truck. And I, um, he picked up the audio. <laughs> he picked up the audio of what Mason Rudolph said. He did. Listen, I'm not, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I feel like you're trying to hide this, so I'm not going to ask directly. But, like, would you have swung the helmet at his head? Uh, if I was Miles, yes. A hundred percent. Okay. A hundred percent. We're not trying to get I you in trouble, I, Chad, but, like. I also know. I, I I know I will tell you when we're not recording anymore, too, but a popular reporter also had a story of someone who knows what Mason said and, and got cold feet at the end and didn't want him to write it. So oh. it, 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 wow. it, that story is it, – it's a shame that that will never see the light of day uh, because this A1 also got, also got correspondence from the NFL asking for discretion. Oh, I have so many Steeler fans that have been just writing me for the past year about this. Yeah. I want to text him as soon as the show's over. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I know something you don't know. No, I wish I, Look, I think I wish you would have hit him harder. I've been waiting so long. 
we've been we've been in this like Francisco Lindor like like middle ground of like oh my god like this probably isn't going to happen now and I feel like the city's been so defeated by that and to get a signing like Miles Garrett an extension in place at this time oh what a it's just like a great like morale win for everybody oh it's an Aggie yeah and he's an Aggie and we're down with that uh yeah listen uh i think another part of the nonsense that happens around here is there's a little bit of ohio state nonsense so i, I just continue to hear from people that are like well he's not joey bose and i'm like yeah he, he, i think he's better uh so okay uh and there's there's just oh they should have went with a bose instead i'm like Jim, not everybody that plays at ohio state has to get drafted by the browns like they can pick other players from other places there are other good players out there but yeah miles garrett's a beast he is as physically intimidating as anybody, as literally as anybody. He's posting videos of himself doing workouts and like he picks up his house and like runs it down the street and like I don't know. He's he's just the craziest athlete. And then he and then he's out there like jumping over people, dunking basketballs. And I don't know. He just is. He's he had the best first play ever too. Remember? Do you remember his first play against the Jets? Because he was out the beginning of that year. And then his very first play against the Jets, he just does an inside swim and gets to the quarterback and brings him down. And it was like, cool, number one draft pick, worth it. Oh, guys, he's only gotten better every year. Seven sacks, and he was out that first year in 2017. 13 and a half in 2018. And then he, and then he got suspended with six games to go, and he had 10 sacks. This guy is on, 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 on a rampage. Yes. And he's only going to get better. Over the next five years, he's only going to get better. Uh, it's just, I, 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 I couldn't be happier for this guy. I couldn't be happier for him either. Like you said, like you said, Cameron, like kind of this unique anomaly of a person too. Like this angry beast on the field that like just rips your quarterback apart. And yeah, and, and like the dude plays crazy too. And maybe sometimes a little out of control. Uh, he does rack up some penalties now and then. Uh, uh, and, and listen, that situation was crazy, but then like off the field, he's like, well, I'm just going to write some poetry and sit and look at the yeah, birds. And like, <laughs> yeah, and like save baby seals or something. Like he's just, he's just an incredible humanitarian off the field. Yeah. Well, he is a Brown for uh, five more years, at least hope, maybe hopefully more, hopefully he stays healthy and everything. But, uh, uh, but let's go back to what we talked about a little bit before about how easy is it to be a beloved Cleveland athlete? Because Twitter, Instagram, Facebook just erupted today. Why? Because at his contract signing, he took out a pencil because he writes in pencil, which I love. Uh, and he wrote on a piece of paper, Cleveland, keep betting on me. World, keep betting against us. Ah, he's one of us. He's one of us. Ah! I mean, and the, the whole of the internet. Just went. I don't care who he smashes with helmets. He is he is Cleveland. He loves us. Like I don't. Is every city like this? I feel like every city's not like this. I feel like there's other cities where you'd write a note like that. Like Cameron. Like other cities, you'd write a note like that, and they'd be like, "The hell is he talking about?" But in Cleveland, it's like, "Can he come over for dinner?" He is family now. That's I'll tell thing. you what. Nashville just signed Derrick Henry today, and silence. <laughs> Maybe I'm not following all the right people, but like, I mean, it is like crickets it's, out here. There's a diff. It's a different fan base in Cleveland. 
there are other cities that have very passionate fan bases and I'll appreciate, I'll, I'll appreciate that. I always appreciate a really good fan base as, as long as they are good people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the, I mean, the Bills fan base, incredible. Yeah. Rock, they're, they're crazy. And I appreciate them. Raiders, crazy. I appreciate that fan base. When you can be a good fan, I'm here for it. But Cleveland is just different. It's just because we've got nothing. If you're a fan of Cleveland, it's hard to be a fan of Cleveland sports. They don't give you much. There's not much to be a fan of all the time. You just have a lot of hope, not a lot of results. So anytime someone, like one of the players is like, I love this city, when everyone else is like, oh, Cleveland's horrible. You just rally around them. Like, they want to be here because you also get the nationals, the national stories about how nobody wants to be in Cleveland. Players get sent here to die. Like, it's a, it's a horrible perception of the city elsewhere. So when other when people that are here are like, yeah, we love it here. We want to be here. You have to rally around that. And it just gives you like, it's, it's just, it gets crazy. And my favorite part about Cleveland, the Cleveland fan base is insane and so loyal and so passionate and you just you can't beat them you can you can try to come close you can be a good fan base but no fan base comes close to any cleveland scores the way we attach ourselves to our players is is incredible but at the same time you cross us and you're going to feel the wrath of us anybody who's ever left cleveland that didn't want to i mean you looked at what albert bell where the first time he came back with the White Sox, he, he, I mean, he got it. Like, that's just one example. Oh, look at LeBron. With the, with the throwing the money at, over the ball and then LeBron, yeah. You were, right, so you LeBron. were probably working. I was at that game when he came back with the Heat the first time. That was the craziest thing. And it was the dumbest thing. Like, in retrospect, not the fan anger. That wasn't dumb, really, because they were hurt. And that is what it is. So the booze and the chants and all that. Okay, fine. But, like, if you remember before that game, like Dan Gilbert trotted out like Drew Carey and like Bernie Kozar and like for no reason, they just kind of trotted them out onto the court. Like, look, here's Cleveland things. Let's like this. And I remember <laughs> sitting in the state in, in the arena, like what's Drew Carey doing here? <laughs> like, what, Why is this a thing? Uh, but no, you're right. It's, it's, uh, it's a passion. That's that's, I think it's unrivaled too. I think, I think, I think team for team, there's passion that can, like you brought up the Bills, our, our good friend, the radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers, Tim Alcorn, humongous Buffalo Bills fan. Uh, I think if you want to put like the Bills up against the Browns fan base wise, okay, like that's pretty comparable. Um, but city wise, no. Like between the Indians and the Cavs and the Browns, the one title since 1965, and but still the passion for all the teams, like, no, nah, there's no city that that has it like that and that still continues to just go crazy like we do. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit here. The four straight Super Bowls that the Bills went to and lost. Is that it can can that be added or is it is 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 it still harder to be a Cleveland fan? Still harder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's brutal. I mean, we get But the, the Bills haven't gone own sixteen. No, no, they made it to the Super Bowl. They would. They've they been to four Bowl. Super Bowls, right? I was just going to say that. When have the when have the when have the Browns been to a Super Bowl? Never. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. We're not here to depress people on the Garage no, Fears good. podcast. 
We are here to have a good time. And we got Super Bowls coming this year, even though we have to go through Patrick Mahomes for the next decade, which is super exciting. All right, so let's do a little introspection. I want to do an introspective exercise with you. Uh, I, I mentioned that Miles Garrett's the first first rounder that the uh, that the Browns have uh, re-signed or extended since Joe Hayden. So I want some introspection. We're all huge Browns fans. We've all been Browns fans for a long time. So let's go back. Joe Hayden happened in 2010. Uh, that's when he got drafted. So let's look at these players. Let's look at these drafts. And I want to hear, I want you to give me your honest, how you remember your feelings when these drafts happened. Because some of these names, man, that you that I don't even like remember, or I do remember, but I, you just never think about, that I wound up talking myself into is absurd. So let's go back to 2011. 2011 is the infamous trade down, don't take Julio Jones, which is amazing because he sucks. Uh, and, and the Browns wind up in the first round with overall good guy, still a guy that talks very fondly about Cleveland. I think he still lives in Cleveland, actually. Uh, uh, nice guy. Didn't pan out on the field. Uh, injury prone. They go with Phil Taylor in 2011. How, how are you guys feeling in 2011 when Phil Taylor was announced as the pick? Uh, eh. <laughs> That's what I went. I went, eh. <laughs> I mean, it's, he's a defensive tackle from Baylor in the Big 12 where they played no defense whatsoever. So I, it was just kind of like, eh. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't excited, but I wasn't depressed. I was just kind of, okay, this is who we passed on. Uh, <laughs> well, this is who we traded down for, and uh, we got to go with this. I mean, no defensive tackle really – ever like excites me but it was it was a guy from Baylor in the Big 12 it was just eh. that's all so is that, is that that's really uh, what about Cameron how are you feeling at Phil Taylor he likes Cleveland yeah right <laughs> <laughs> can you talk? I can't I feel oh, like we just had this whole thing where you have to like players who love Cleveland you have to like love them I did that yeah just meh like meh on the field but like you appreciate a man who loves the city. So yeah, super passionate. Thank Cleveland when he retired, loves the city. So yeah, no bad things to say about Phil Taylor, but like, I remember, so this is what I did with Phil Taylor. They draft Phil Taylor and I'm like, huh? Okay. Phil Taylor. And then I wind up watching about six hours of Phil Taylor highlights on YouTube and by the time I'm asleep that night, I'm like, Bill Taylor is the best defensive tackle in football. And uh, it didn't pan out. And Phil Taylor, again, some injuries. Uh, again, overall good guy. Don't want to say anything bad about Phil Taylor, but like, yeah. Uh, could you be real excited about that? I don't think anybody was. 2012 was super fun. 2012 is something. Uh, so the Browns take Trent Richardson. And then they come back later in that first round and grab 48-year-old Brandon Whedon out of Oklahoma State. And I will tell you, I'm going to tell you my, I'm, I'm going to be honest about my reactions to these drafts. I, I, I jumped off the couch. I remember I was, I was at my old house with my roommate. I was running around. Trent Richardson and Brandon Whedon, 
Like these guys are studs. Brandon Whedon was like rocket arm city at Oklahoma state and Trent Richardson. Are you kidding me? Like best running back prospect coming out of college. He's going to be amazing. Like when that draft happened, I thought, okay, we're on our way. Here we come playoffs. That was, that didn't work. Cameron, what do you think? Trent Richardson, I was super excited about. He was like, everyone thought he was going to be elite. He was not elite. (laughs) He did not elite himself. I feel like this is going to, a lot of my answers are going to be the same as like, I'm always on the hype train. Like, I don't want to be, I don't always want to be. But like, even when I'm like, eh, on a player, I was not eh on this player. But when I'm eh on a player, I like go back and watch the highlight reels, Right. right? You know, like, oh my gosh, this guy is going to be incredible. This is how he works with the team. This is how he's going to. And then when it doesn't pan out, I just try to shy away from. Like, <laughs> I wasn't even talking about. I, it. I don't remember that. I don't. I don't know who you're talking you about. You know. Just, you know who could have had that year? No. Russell Wilson. No, that wouldn't have done yeah. much for us. Oh, Russell Wilson is off season, apparently. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> he was drafted in the third round that year. But I. Oh man, I hated the Brandon Whedon pick. I do. Oh, I loved it. I bought a jersey. And that's only because and that's only because I, I don't I don't trust Big Twelve quarterbacks. I do not trust them whatsoever. I don't trust the Big Twelve conference as a as a whole, really. But as far as the Trent Richardson goes pick goes, I went nuts. Like I even gave that dad joke like nickname. I was like, he's he just he's just a wrecking crew. Trenosaurus Richardson. Oh, no. You did not. I was like, he's Trenosaurus. He's a T-Rex. He's going to be a dinosaur. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, extinct. And then, and, then, and, then, and then comes the pictures of, like, the, the hole being wide open onto the right and, like, Trent Richardson <laughs> running straight into the like, into the line of scrimmage. And it was, it was just – it was all bad. All right, so, so – yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of I feel like there's a lot of mess. So we're gonna skip some of the math. But I also want to hear some like like was anybody excited when Barkevius Mingo got taken, really? I was. Were you? I not because of no, not because of his talent, because of his name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean Browns, okay. dogs, bark. I was like, oh my gosh, a barcade barcade his name on the Browns? We got a dog as a mascot? Are you kidding me? I was like, this is incredible. This is gonna fit so well. This is wild. How did this I regret <laughs> everything that I thought? <laughs> I regret all of this. And it turns out they took him for the marketing. Like, oh Barkevius, we got it. This is it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like they drafted. He's the one on this list, right? That they drafted. Uh, maybe one of two on this list that they drafted. And I was like, "Huh? <laughs> like, what are they doing?" Because like you can make a case for Danny Shelton and Cam Irving and you know other players that they've taken in the first round, but like Markevius Mingo, like who? And I, I like uh, nobody was even talking was about talking, this guy at the time. They were talking about him being a sleeper. So I feel like they thought they were like getting one over on people. We're gonna draft him. And who and takes gonna... who takes sleepers in the first round? The Browns. <laughs> yes, that's Corey <laughs> Coleman. That was Corey Coleman that year too. Yeah, he's gonna be turn. He's gonna be great. He's the sleeper pick. He's fast in the first round, and then no, he's gone. Uh, also, on the was anybody excited about train? Did anybody really get excited about Justin Gilbert? 
Like when they <laughs> took him, not again, don't let Justin Gilbert play into it on the back end. You're talking oh. about like the eighth overall pick. That's somebody you should be excited about. Did anybody here get excited about Justin Gilbert when they took him? No, Big 12. I hate the Big 12. Let's let's make this clear. I hate the Big 12, guys. So I, mean, I feel like you can exclude say, Oklahoma. Exclude Oklahoma? Yeah. I mean, okay, sure. I mean, offensive, offensively, sure. Offensively, like if I'm if I'm drafting a Big 12 wide receiver, I'm excited. But I'm not anybody else from the Big 12. It's 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 not. A, it's like a, it's the arena football league of college football. That's like that's like that's exactly what the Big 12 is. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. All right. So then let's be honest. The last one, honest opinion. If you loved it, say it. If you hated it, say it. What did you think in that same year? They took Justin Gilbert, 2014. They trade back up and they pick from my second alma mater, Texas A&M university Heisman trophy winner, Johnny football, Johnny Menzel that night when it happened, Cam Cameron, what did you do? want to talk about talk about it let's get this out this is this is brown's therapy session right here so oh no oh this is good (laughs) (laughs) i was not excited at first like the very first second i was like ah but then i like looked into him more i was i mean like he's, he's johnny football so then i like i got on the hype train like I, at that point, I didn't care. I was just like, got a quarterback, like another one. But then I started seeing people get hype about him. And then I was like, all right, I'll hop on board. I'm here for it. And have a money Manziel. And <laughs> so I was like, all in. I invested myself deeply. And then it just, it just fell apart so quickly. Just so quickly. But, Billy Manziel, and then oh, <laughs> Billy Janzel, my favorite character. What is happening? And then I just, <laughs> I instantly regretted. And then I started thinking more about like who I decide to like jump on the hype train for. I was like, you can't just, you can't just get involved with everybody like being hype about him. You got to think a little bit more critically because man, I felt so stupid. <laughs> In hindsight, it's like looking at, what was he drafted? Like 22 or something like that? Summer in the twenties. Twenty-two, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's like the, the Heisman Browns. Right, right. The the tr- Heisman Trophy winner dropping down that far in the draft, probably a little concerning. Probably something that you probably should have been like, oh, maybe there's like a pretty good reason for that. Uh, I was absolutely pumped. <laughs> I was pumped until his first game, and he was just getting trucked out there and tossed around like a rag doll and <laughs> hothead flipping off the camera. I used his picture flipping off the camera is my fantasy football picture for like four years actually it still might be my yeah picture. it is shut up yeah <laughs> i used uh uh my fantasy football names were uh johnny backup johnny clip clipboard uh just some yeah nice. he's living rent free in your head yeah <laughs> totally. Chad, did you celebrate i loved it uh, honestly i loved it i thought they i mean i thought he was Coming out, I you know, I, I knew he had some like attitude issues, but I was like, Yeah, there's plenty of guys on this team that'll set him straight. But you know, I I was like I I just loved his ability and I thought he was just gonna be a, a, a different quarterback for the Browns. And then he was like drugs and gambling are way more important. So I I, I fell off that train really quickly. But initially I absolutely 
we love I it. did not fall off the train quickly. I stayed on that train like until the end almost. I just stayed. I made a complete fool of myself at the bar when they drafted him. Cause I did. I watched I watched every second of every game he played in college. That's my team. Like that's so they I saw what a special player he was in college. So I just went ballistic and Mary Arts in Lakewood just went off the wall bonkers when they drafted him. And then I ignored everything that bad that he ever did. Like literally everything that he ever did. I ignored. They got pictures of him with rolled up $20 bills in a Vegas bathroom. Right. And I'm like, no, he was probably like using that as a straw. Like that's certainly yeah. not for cocaine. Certainly not. And like, he's dressed up looking like Ric Flair at calling himself Billy Janzel in Vegas like the week before he's supposed to start, right? Remember when Mike Pettin named him the starting quarterback on the bye week? And on the bye week, he went to Vegas and like partied as Billy Janzel? Like, but I was like, it's fine. He's amazing. He's going to be great. And it just spiraled. And, and I just, I have a hard time. I guess maybe it's just a, a personal thing mentally. I have a hard time thinking it's so easy for somebody to throw something so big away. It's the same thing with Josh Gordon. It's, and I know there's, and I know there's, uh, you could probably make a claim for like mental issues on, on all sides. And, and so there's that, but, but like, it's so hard for me to think about something so big, just getting chucked out the side and just not being able to grasp that. And uh, I don't know. I stayed on till the end. Johnny Manziel didn't surprise me with that. And it's what, He's, he's he comes from a rich family mm-hmm. like he's always had everything has come to him easily even though yeah i mean he worked for his football career in college like that's not sure like he didn't just get that talent like he worked right. so i'm not gonna discredit him on that but everything else in his life it's not like he's had a hard life so yeah i mean i'm am i surprised that he was a spoiled brat about being in the nfl not even a little bit not even a little bit Josh Gordon's a different story for me. I, that one it is different, more, but it's it, it's more of a mental health yes. issue than just being a spoiled brat. I think Johnny Manziel might have mental health issues himself, and I don't want to again discredit that. But but I do think a lot of it is just upbringing. When you when you come up with a lot, having a lot afterwards doesn't mean as much. So there's a lot of players who it is everything. Being yeah. in the league is everything. It's a life changing moment. For him, a life-changing moment, but like, what happens when he doesn't? Like, he's still not. He's his life isn't over. He has plenty of money, plenty of family support. So, yeah, still got just, inflatable swans anywhere he wants them. Anyway, <laughs> I, I just I don't have any. I don't have as much pity for Johnny Manziel's downfall. Oh no, for sure not than than like Josh Gordon. But it just again, the, the my point wasn't the the reasons for the downfall. It was just the. Like as just a regular guy, like just normal guy that has to work his butt off to have anything that he has, like that just throwing away like like Josh Gordon comes out with Brandon Whedon and and goes off for like sixteen hundred and fifty yards in a season with Brandon Whedon as the quarterback, and like you're looking at like one of the most special talents. Like Josh Gordon's one of the most special talents that's ever played for the Cleveland Browns. No doubt. That, that, that's the thing that's hard for me to wrap my head around. It's like, okay, Johnny Manziel fell off the train, but it was like he, he didn't really work out talent-wise. You didn't really 
you saw like every now and then he had a flash, but you didn't really see like, okay, this is, this is, this guy's going to be the quarterback of our future. You remember him laying down in the, in the end zone in Buffalo? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just like laying there. (laughs) It's the greatest career in, in, in NFL history. But the thing is Josh Gordon had hall of fame, a hundred million dollar ability. And the fact that he just couldn't get his head straight, couldn't get it together was just so heartbreaking for me because he had, he had the football world at his feet. I mean, he was every, he's every, he was every bit as good and talented as say like a Julio Jones. He just, he just could not get over his issues. And, and that's the people I, that break my, that, that, that my heart breaks for is, is, for sure. is just, he could not get over that. But uh, you know, Mike, <laughs> I'm still having another thing I'm still having my trouble wrapping my head around is so you saw you mean to tell me you saw something like this? <laughs> yes. And you and you were like, no way he's doing drugs. Yes. <laughs> you were like, yeah. no way. Dude, I was I was all I was driving the damn Johnny Manziel train. I was conductor. I was I was all every passenger on that train. He could have been he could have been doing drugs on my front steps and I'd have been like, nah, it's snowing out there in July. Like, nah, I was, I was not buying it. I, and I, I'm an adult man at that point, just not buying it. And I am ashamed. And now, see, now I'm like that. I'm like the guy that's been broken up, like a hard breakup where now I probably hate him more than anybody. And, and I shouldn't say hate him, but like, I will trash talk that guy more than anybody because I stood up for him forever and then just looked like the biggest dumbass of all time. Anyways. So sounds like a personal problem. Thanks Joe. It is a personal problem. I'm working on it. Uh, So let's talk a little bit again. We haven't done a lot of Browns talk, but we've, you know, we're, we're, we're close. I mean, we're, we're a couple months away from the season, which is crazy. Uh, And one thing we didn't really talk about. So I want to, we, we breeze through stuff like this, but I want to see where we have this team pegged, right? So now we know their draft picks. We know who's pretty much who's going to play for the team, assuming, assuming, God, please let us have football, assuming that we're going to play. So one thing that we haven't done is we haven't played the schedule game. So we're not going to do a big, long talk about the schedule game, but I just want to go through and I'm going to write this down. I want to see where I want to see our variances in this schedule. And I want to see where we each think this team's going to wind up. All right. Are we good with that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's start with the Brown schedule uh, and we'll just go around the horn. Uh, We'll start with Cameron and we'll just go Cameron, Chad, Joey, me, and we'll just go around. Uh, So the Browns are going to open up at Baltimore week one at Baltimore. How are we, how are we thinking the Browns are going to wind up in that game? (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> my, heart is, my heart is telling me they're gonna win because they want to prove a point and that's the point to prove if you win that one oh my gosh that's a precedent to set but my head is telling me they're not going to so i gotta give that one a loss i don't think that i don't as much as i love it i don't think they're gonna do it fair chad yeah. uh, i think that's a win whoa i do whoa. I, I i think it's uh I think if you're going to beat Baltimore, that's the week to catch him is when they're still kind of figuring everything out. And, uh, you know, the, it, uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to be the week to catch him if you're going to beat him that year. Okay. Joe? I think the Ravens are humiliated by being outcoached by the Titans. 
and are going to be starting off the season with a vengeance. So I think it's an easy Ravens win. Wow. Unfortunately. That's okay. I'm going to say I'm, I'm on board with Chad on this one. I think, I think the Browns are humiliated after last year. I think players, really good players. Uh, Miles Garrett, I think is humiliated after last year, after how everything ended for him. I think Odell Beckham is drastically humiliated by last year. Jarvis Landry not being healthy and a new coach. Uh, and I agree. I think catching them week one is, is kind of a blessing and the Browns kind of traditionally play well in Baltimore. So I'm giving the Browns a win week one at Baltimore. That might be different when Baltimore comes to Cleveland, but week one, it's a win. Uh, Can I clarify that my win, my Ravens win over the Browns is not, it's, it's a close one. Listen, I think they're going to hold their own. I just think it's going to come down to the, the wire and, and they're not. Listen, this is a safe place here. This is a safe place here, Kevin. <laughs> we are not going to come after you for this. You're going to have to maybe answer for it on, on your Twitter page. That's why, that's why I want to clarify. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not saying the Browns are going to get shut out. I just think that it's going to be really, really close. And the Ravens are really going to pull that one together, but it's it's going to be close. They're going to be. It's still going to be really nice to see. Listen, we've had other members of the girl gang uh, on this on this podcast, and we uh, we do not accept Dale uh, Daleisms and 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 Daleish behavior. So we're not messing with Cameron because she picked the Ravens week one. You got to just deal with that. Uh, week two, Cameron versus at home against the Bengals. Yeah, win easy. Uh, easy, Chad. Yeah, uh, yeah, win two and zero. Hello, <laughs> I go on sixteen and zero. That's <laughs> well. They're on, right now. They're on pace to go sixteen and zero. So I mean, <laughs> we got a good shot. Joe, <laughs> win. Yeah, yeah, it's an easy win. Although, I mean, come on, it, it's a funny, it's a funny division, and the Bengals still have a boatload of talent. Uh, they got playmakers in Cincinnati, so watch out. But I think it's a win next week. Uh, at home against the probably the are we going to see him as the Redskins? No, you, you don't think it'll no. be the Redskins? Are they making that change immediately? Yeah, before the season's over, though. You think so? Yeah, it's 2020 season, they will not be the Redskins. Okay, so against the Washingtoners. Uh, all right, so what's going to happen in that game? Win. Boom. Mm-hmm. Not even a question. I'm just <laughs> it's easy, easy. I think, I think it's going to be. They're going to start building momentum there. They're going to, that's two in a row. That's the team they should call the Buckeyes. You got, you, you got your quarterbacks. Your, your, your new defensive end is a Buckeye. Like your it's wide receiver is a Buckeye. Like you got Buckeyes all over that team. But uh, so maybe it's the Washington Buckeyes, but easy win. We're thinking, all right, Chad, what do you think? Uh, their offensive line is still shit. Dwayne Haskins is still figuring it out. And they got 67 year old Adrian Peterson running the football. That's a win. Joe. Yep. Easy win. Yeah, that's a win. That that might be the easiest win on the schedule. Uh, yeah, and they got good young talent, but that might be the easiest win on the schedule. All right, so here we go. This is a fun one, and and something that just happened today. The Cowboys. Uh, so the Browns are going to head down to Dallas in Jerry World, play the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys just cut off negotiations with Dak Prescott, who again is to, in my head the silliest of the quarterbacks, thinking that he is like the top quarterback in the league and he's going to get Patrick Mahomes money <laughs> and like and he's sitting there bitching because he's going to he got franchised and it's going to make like 35 million dollars this year which is absurd for Dak Prescott anyways anyways uh Browns go to Dallas to play the Cowboys how's that one going to turn out uh 
you know, the Cowboys are a mess. <laughs> like, I know a mess, and the Cowboys are a mess. Uh, <laughs> I am an expert on mess. They have talent, obviously, but they can't, I don't know, get their get their stuff together to keep it in. I do like their draft picks. I like they got CeeDee Lamb. That was really cool. Uh, I do like him as a player. So I think he's going to go off, but I think the Browns are – I think that will be – They'll be three and one following that week. They're going to beat the Cowboys just because they don't, unless something crazy happens where Jerry Jones gets this all pulled together. I think the Cowboys are going to be a mess in the locker room. I think that's going to transfer on the field. It's going to be a mess. And I think the Browns are going to take advantage of that. So three and one that week. Wow. I know. Browns are off to a great start in my mind. What do I do with myself if the Browns go three and one? Chad? You hope they don't go three and 13. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's an expectation. Uh, Man, I was going to have this as a loss, but Cameron made me rethink that. Um, No, I think this is going to be a high scoring game, especially with all the talent on the field. Uh, Yeah, I think it's a close loss. I think this is where the Browns go three and one in my mind. If it was at home, I think they would be four and oh, but I think this is, this is the first loss in my book. Joe? I think uh, if we have a healthy secondary, uh, it's a win because Dallas is going to stretch the field on us. They have so much talent in their receiver core. Um, so if we have all of our guys healthy, ready to go, I think we win that game. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. It's going to be kind of a shootout of a game. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring, maybe like a 35-27 game or something like that. I'm giving the Browns their first loss to Dallas. I, I don't necessarily think Dallas is a better team, uh, but I think uh, there's just something about going to Dallas and playing there. It's, it's not an easy place to play. Uh, playing yeah, the Cowboys, maybe. they're not. Depends who's there. <laughs> yeah, they're not a, well, but just still, just the, the whole situation around the Cowboys, I feel like teams don't necessarily always play well when they go down there. So I'm chucking that up as the Browns loss. First loss of the season. I got them at three and one. We actually all have them at three and one through four games, which is hilarious. And again, if that happens, I will streak around my neighborhood. Not really. Don't call the cops. Uh, next game. Tricky one here at home, though, against the uh, Philip Rivers led Indianapolis Colts. Uh, you know, Philip Rivers is he's great for losing a game right at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, again, my heart. (laughs) What he does, he chokes it away. It's so unfortunate to watch. I I really feel for the guy. Uh, But I I don't know. I think I'm going to give the Colts this one. I think the Browns are going to be cocky from that three and one start. And they're going to let this one go. It's going to be close, though. It's going to be very close. I think it's going to come down to either a field goal or touchdown, but they'll hang in there. I just, I think this might be the year that Philip Rivers really doesn't choke it away, or maybe he doesn't play and Bruce Ed's in there. I don't know. Who knows? But I'm going to give it to the Colts. I can't weigh myself with the Browns the entire time. This is going to be a sneaky, sneaky yeah. loss. Awesome. Chad. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's going to be a sneaky loss, even though Phillip Rivers is probably going to throw four picks. One's going to go for a pick six. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's still a sneaky loss in my opinion. Okay. Joe. I agree. Wow. I, uh, I think, uh, it's whatever maybe it's going to be like one of those like like sunday night thursday night games or something like that where we're just not prepared or something or uh i don't think they're going to win that game i just i the colts are just like always there i don't care who's playing quarterback they're just always like so average and if we're not 
equally as average or like a little better, we're just going to get smoked. I think the Browns crush the Colts. Like, I see where you guys are all going with that, but like, I'm so with Cameron on what she said. Uh, Phillip Rivers, and plus, like, kind of new situation for Phillip. I don't know if it's going to rejuvenate him. He's been through a, a lot in his career, and I just, I don't see it. I don't see the love for the Colts. I think the Browns smoke the Colts in Cleveland uh, and win that game. So then we've got our first matchup against um, the fighting Mason Rudolphs of Pittsburgh. So uh, in Pittsburgh, Cameron, what do you think happens there? Browns haven't won in Pittsburgh since 2003. Uh, so this is a little tough, but it's this, it's this year. This is where the streak ends. Yeah. The Browns are going to beat the Steelers, and I want – if any Steelers fan listens, they can at me if this doesn't happen. That's fine. I'll I'll own up to it. The Browns are going to beat the Steelers. They've got so much to prove from last season. They have a vengeance. They've got the that rivalry is reignited. And as much as we hate how it happened, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm glad that it did because it just that's good Let's football go. right there. So I think it's going to be it's going to be a rough one. It's yes, it's going to be mean, very very physical. Uh, and it's probably going to be pretty close. But I think that the Browns have a lot of heart this time around, and all these players are out to prove something. But they have nothing more to prove than they have to prove in this game right here. So, yeah. Browns break the streak. They're going to win their first game in Pittsburgh since 2003. Woo! Chad. Yeah, big-time big yeah, big chip on their shoulder this year, the Browns have. And of course, I mean, all of, this, all of these wins and losses hinge on the progress of Baker Mayfield this year. A uh, little sidebar. Did you guys see Andrew Filipponi today? Oh, God. Say that Andrew here to still be suspended? What a douchebag. Hey, oh, there's the guy. Hey, we were talking about before he came on, Cameron, because we hated Bryson DeChambeau last <laughs> week. We talk about Andrew Filipponi uh, this week, but uh, saying Miles Garrett to still be suspended. Anyway, Brian uh, Browns, yeah, they're, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder this year. Uh, I think with a healthy Odell Beckham, you know, that Pittsburgh Steelers defense is really, really good. But, uh, you know, I think the Browns are going to come away with the win uh, in this one. Four and two. Got it. Four and two. Joe. I'm kind of envisioning like a Patriots type season where they're going to get really hot in like late November and December. Uh, so I kind of think this is going to be a loss. Wow. I don't think we're going to have it fully together yet. Man, Joe. I think we're going to still work some things out, still building some chemistry, and we're going to. We'll progress at the end of the season. All right. Joe's got the Browns at three and three after six games. And pretty interesting. I am I'm still on the win train for the Browns because I think it's kind of different than that. I think I think they, they feel like they got so much to prove up front that I think they come out hot. I think they beat Pittsburgh. Uh I think offensively Pittsburgh's a bit of a mess. I think uh some of their players that they thought were gonna be superstars maybe aren't quite superstars. Uh and uh, and losing some of the real superstars uh, certainly hurts them. I think the Browns win again, uh, and I got the Browns sitting at five and one, which is the dumbest thing I think I've ever said. Uh, the following week at the Bengals. Win. <laughs> Sorry. You get to jump I, I, ahead, I, I, Chad. You relax. Sorry. <laughs> Wait your turn, damn it. I'm going to be really quick here because I like that the Browns have been owning the Bengals, and I think that continues. I know they've got the guy. They've got their quarterback. They've got the quarterback. But no, it's fine. Browns are going to win this one. They're going to own. Boom. They're going to own the Bengals again. Chad. Uh, yeah, Joe Burrow is. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't buy. I'm not buying into Joe Burrow. 
uh, into the NFL after one good year in college. So I think the Browns sweep the season series with Boom. Joey. Yeah. I don't know Joe Burrow. I just don't think he's going to walk into a really great system. So easy one for the Browns. Trap game city. I got the Browns losing this one. Uh, I think uh, that is, that is, Sitting between the Colts, the Cowboys, the Steelers, and then the Raiders, the Texans, the Eagles, sit the Bengals. I think the Browns go in hot, and I think they lay an egg in Cincinnati. Uh, division games are always questionable, and I think the Browns drop one to the Bengals, which is going to bum a lot of people out, but you're still sitting there with a really good record in my book. After that, we come back home, uh, which is a bummer because I would love to see the Browns play in the new Raiders stadium in Vegas, but they play their first game ever against the Las Vegas Raiders here in Cleveland, Cameron. I think the Browns lose this one. I think the Raiders seem that they're, they're a new team. That's a quote because they're, they're still the Raiders, but new, new place, new city, great stadium. Yeah. I feel like they're going to be revamped. They, and they've got a, they've got a Cleveland Brown on their side. Now they got Demarius Randall here showing the way in Cleveland. So. And Christian Kirksey. Uh, so listen, Here's my thing. The Raiders will probably win this one. I'll be all right with it. Not going to hurt me that much. Uh, but I do, I do want that. I, I want the Browns to win particularly bad in this one because they got played. They got played in their Raiders game last time. That was, oh, God. That was so unfortunate. Yes. That was the worst officiating I've seen. In yes. Long time. Oh my so God. like, yes, this is the game to like, really give it back to him, but I just, I don't think it's, I have to get some losses here. So this is going to be a <laughs> at home loss. I, they got to lose. Games. No, I think they're going to, I think they're going to win this one. I, I, you know, I don't like, I, I just, I don't know. There's just something about the Raiders that I don't like. And I think the Browns are going to win. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's expert analysis right there. Something about them. I'm not really fond of. So the Browns are going to win. Uh, Joe. For whatever reason, uh, Marcus Mariota is going to start that game, and he's going to get sacked seven times by our defense, <laughs> and we're going to smoke him, forty-two to seven. What? All right, yeah. we're getting scores in here. All right. Oh yeah. Okay. Just every once in a while, when it's necessary. Forty-two to seven because there's Marcus Mariota hate because you live in Nashville. Well, uh, I mean, it's not his fault. He's a nice guy. I'm going second Browns loss in a row. I think the Raiders come into Cleveland and hand the Browns a loss. I think uh, after a after a five and one start, I think the Browns are going to eat a little bit of humble pie in the middle of the season uh, when they're really feeling themselves. Uh, and I think they're going to drop their second in a row to the Raiders. Uh, all right, tough one in Cleveland, a game they got hammered in last year, at least in the first half of that game. Uh, but the Houston Texans come to town with Deshaun Watson and crew uh, without deandre hopkins which is cool and with a hundred year old david johnson uh but the texans come to town uh how's that looking cameron texans is gonna be a tough one and i don't think the browns are gonna be able to pull it off i think the browns lose that one deshaun watson is it's just incredible talent yeah it's just he's so fun to watch he's so fun to watch i mean yeah they got david johnson i don't want to talk about because i had him on my fantasy team and really dropped the ball for me <laughs> even even with a horrible trade i don't know what bill Bryan's doing but oh. even with that horrible trade i really think that deshaun watson is the real deal enough so that he'll be able to take out teams like the browns who are still learning still figuring things out so i'm gonna give this one to the texans 
All right. Browns lose two in a row in my book, apparently. So this is not a great, oh, not a great two weeks for us. All right, Chad. I think this is a loss. Uh, you know, even without the Andre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson still has, you know, a bunch of weapons at his disposal. So I, I, I think Watson comes in and uh, beats the Browns soundly. Got it, Joey. Uh, Browns taking Browns on this one. I don't think that the Texans have incredible depth on defense. Um, and I think we can take advantage of that, get a good run game going. And, uh, I think we can get enough points to beat them. Yeah. I think that Deandre Hopkins thing is a bigger deal than people are making it out to be. Uh, even though I don't think, I think wide receiver might be the least important position on the football field. I think that messing with that chemistry and messing with a guy like Deshaun Watson, uh, and his offensive unit is rough. Uh, and I think this is the statement game for the Browns. I don't think I, I chose the Brown to beat Baltimore in, Browns to beat Baltimore in week one. I don't think that's the statement game. Cause that'll get chalked up to uh, week one. You can catch a team early in the season. This I think is the statement game. I think the Browns uh, uh, pound the Texans. I think they pay them back for last year and, uh, and get this win and get off the schneid in my book and get off their little losing streak. So uh, I I'm picking Browns in this one, another tough one after that, but both at home, Texans come to Cleveland, so they have a three-game homestand. Raiders, Texans, and then this last game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Cameron, how are you feeling about that game? Uh, I don't like the Eagles. I'm just gonna <laughs> say. It's nothing they did personally. There's <laughs> people that I know that like the Eagles. So anytime it's Browns versus Eagles, I like, really need this to be a win. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick with my heart here. The Browns can't let me down on this one. I feel like it might be a little tough, a little tough, but I don't know. I'm not on the Eagles hype train. I think that a lot of the times, you know, they, I appreciate their Super Bowl win because that was incredible. <laughs> Anytime the Patriots don't win, I'm here for it. But when, when you have the Eagles against the Browns or the Eagles against anyone, I'm anti that. So <laughs> <laughs> I think they're over a little over high. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. So Brown's Brown's taking that one, but it will be, I think it'll be a good game. It'll be interesting to see who's playing quarterback for the Eagles at that point. Cause be I'd be shocked if Carson Wentz uh, was still healthy at that point in the season. Chad, what are you feeling about that? Uh, I'm not sold on that, that Eagles team, that Eagles offense, uh, you know, especially uh, with the weapons, you know, Deshaun Jackson might not even be a part of that team anymore after, uh, after what happened with him just a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, Jalen Rieger's an unknown. Jalen? Jalen Rieger? Anyway, um, yeah, I, I just – I don't think the Eagles have enough, so I think this is a win for the Browns. Joey? Uh, I think this is a sneaky loss for the Browns. Ooh. I think the Eagles pulled together. Uh, assuming a healthy Carson Wentz, obviously. Um, but I just – I don't know. I don't, I don't feel good about it. Okay. Taking the loss. I'm going to give them a win. I think the Browns are about to go on a tear here. I think they get their teeth kicked in by two teams that they don't think they're going to get their teeth kicked in by the Bengals and the Raiders. And I think that uh, straightens their heads out a little bit. And I think they come back against the Texans and the Eagles and get two wins. Uh, after that game, they head down to what's going to be, even if no fans are there, it's going to be a pretty normal atmosphere in Jacksonville uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars and, and whoever plays for them at this point. <laughs> Who do you got in that one? <laughs> Well, I talked about I talked about messes earlier in the the Jaguar. Oh, oh man! So oh. Browns get this one. Uh, the Jaguars have a 
pretty solid track record against the Browns, though. So I can't even say it's going to be easy. Fair. Should be easy, but I don't know. I don't think it will. I think it'll be a tough game, but I think the Browns really pull this one off. Chad? Wait, wait, Jacksonville, right? Hey, check in. Check back (laughs) in here, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville, you know, they've lost a lot of personnel over the last couple of years. They seem to have just kind of deconstructed that team. So, uh, yeah, I think it's this will be a win for the Browns. That's a win. Joe? Uh, It's an easy win, I think. I'm with you. I I don't have a whole lot to say about this. I don't have a whole lot to say about the fighting Gardner Minshews down there in Jacksonville. I do want to see some Minshew magic, but as long as we get a win out of it. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I don't really care about Gardner Minshew at all. He has a mustache, and he's kind of weird looking, and whatever. How would you feel if you were in a locker room and you look over at your teammates stretching in a Josh Allen? <laughs> 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 That's the story on Gardner Minshew. Like, he, like, he, like, he's just kind of a weird dude, and, like, he sits in the locker room before the game, and he stretches. Like he does calisthenics in a jockstrap. Oh, jeez. Oh, gosh. Nah, I'm not. I am not. If I'm an offensive lineman, I'm not protecting you. All right. So then a game that I got circled because hopefully I can make it down there for it. After they play at Jacksonville, they make their way up to Nashville, Tennessee, home of Joey Whalen. And they play the uh, team that just barely uh, couldn't pull it out in the AFC championship game last year. Miracle run for Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. Man, oh, man. <laughs> I have this weird feeling about the Titans, so I respect what I respect everything they did on that run. It was crazy. I was on board for it. Like, I'm going to buy a Tannehill jersey. This is crazy. Uh, and I, I hated how the Browns played against the Titans. Oh. That was probably the worst loss I've ever seen. Except for that opening drive. <sighs> that, oh, was, yeah. dude, that was beautiful. Remember that then, opening drive? I was like, Super Bowl, here we come. Everybody. <laughs> and then the rest of the game was yeah. just so <laughs> 49 to 28 or something. I was like the that. biggest <laughs> Freddie Kitchens fan of all time after that opening. I was like, Freddie's got him going. No. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. So, I mean, based off of that, I would love for the Browns to win. I don't think they're going to. I think this is going to be a loss. The Titans are weirdly on a roll and I'm here for it. Like, good for them. If they, <laughs> if they beat us, they beat us. It's the Titans. Look what they did last season. I'm not even mad at it. Like, yeah. Fair. All right, Chad. The Titans. Uh, I really like the Titans defense a lot. I think they're going to control the, control the football in this game with Derrick Henry. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's a loss. All right, Joe, what do you got about your hometown? Well, your well, hell no. Hometown. Shut you adopted shut hometown mouth. Titans down there. Not by choice. Well, kind of, I guess, but hey, yeah, you moved uh, I'm not a Titans fan at all. Let me just preface that. Um, but I have watched a lot of them just because they are on cable and getting out of market games is like signing a deal with the devil down here. It's like, <laughs> it's so hard to watch Browns games. It is. You have to go to bars. Like you just can't like, they're never on TV. It sucks. Anyways, I think the Titans got to where they were last year. Not from a fluke. I think they are probably the best coach team next to the Patriots in all of football. And I think that this will be a defining humbling loss for the Browns. Um, but I think if they met the Titans in the playoffs, they would beat them. I like it. Uh, the Browns win this game. That was a fluke last year. Ryan Tannehill sucks. He sucks. They're going to be and 10 he's an six. Aggie. 
He is an Aggie. He's an Aggie. And Ryan Tannehill, that was a the fluke. That was Le Fluke. There and then they lose, they lose good players, uh, including Jack Conklin, Cleveland Brown. Jack Conklin comes up to Cleveland. No, the Browns go down, uh, the Browns go to Tennessee and they beat the Titans. I don't think I think the Titans are on their way to like a third place finish in that division. Uh, uh I think I think they got real hot, but no, that that's a Browns win. I don't know. I don't. I, I disagree with your take on Tannehill. Well, in this system, I disagree with your take on Tannehill. I do. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So it's then, so then we get a rematch of yeah, Week yeah. One, and the Baltimore Ravens come into Cleveland. Cameron, how are you feeling about that? Well, I told you the first one. That's going to be a loss. Hurt me to say it. Going to be a loss. This one. This is where they beat the Ravens. Feel like. They've got momentum. They've seen their season. They've had enough time to get together and figure this out. And they're at home. It's a big win. This is the time to show up for the fans. And honestly, this little streak, we're going to get to it later, but this is where the Browns, I think, really catch fire. All right. This game will set them off for the rest of the season. They're going to win this one and then go out with a bang. All right. Chad. Uh, yeah, this is a loss. I, I mean, I think they split the, I think they split the season series with the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens, the Ravens are just too talented on both sides of the football uh, for the Browns to win to, to win both of these games. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess this. I'll just take this as a loss. Like it wouldn't surprise me if they lost that uh, opener to them in Baltimore. But I just, I think they're going to split it with Baltimore. Got it, Joey. Uh, they're going to win. This is our beginning of our Tom Brady Patriot December run right, right here. Uh, I don't think Lamar Jackson's a big game clutch quarterback or a top five quarterback. And I think that, uh, no, uh, and we can get into that on another episode, but it's a hot take for the week. Uh, but, uh, no, I think that's a win. I think we're going to go in there and shut them up and make their jaws drop. Listen, I, I I said the Browns after they lose to the Bengals and the Raiders go on a run against the the Texans, the Eagles, the Jags, the Titans. I think they get housed by the Ravens in this game. And again, it's it's a little bit of normal. The Browns tend to play much better in Baltimore against the Ravens than they do in Cleveland. Uh, and I think, again, just uh, just the way that that I've got it going, I just see I see Baltimore coming in being angry about a loss in Week One trying to show again at this point, if the Browns are doing what I think the record's going to do, they're at the top of the division or, or with the Ravens at the top. I think the Ravens are going to try to prove a point, uh, play with a little more fire under the Ravens. I think they, I think they take out the Browns in that game and give them a loss. So uh, after that, the season gets interesting. The Browns just straight moved to New York for two weeks. Uh, so, well, no, the Browns moved to New Jersey for two weeks uh, to MetLife stadium uh, where they should just have their own uh, their own locker rooms uh, because they go back to back and they start with the New York Giants. Yeah, I think this one, like I said, season goes out with a bang. Browns beat the Giants. One because ugh, the Giants. Two, I think Odell's gonna like. I think he's gonna have a great season. Obviously, I think this is gonna be a season where he explodes. He's ready to go. He's ready to show everybody what they got when they signed him. But I really think that this is – he's going to show up for this game. It's going to be a big one for him. Yeah. Because last season he was injured, and now it, all this hate on him and all these doubts, There's this is the explosive game where, like, you see – I think he's going to be great all season, but I think this is the game where he looks elite again. Yeah. 
Chad. Yeah, I totally agree. That's what, if Cameron didn't say it, I was going to say it. I think Odell goes for like 622 yards in this game and four touchdowns. Like, I think he just explodes and the Browns win this one easily. Joe. Comparing Daniel Jones to Eli Manning means that Daniel Jones will play like Eli Manning and if they don't have a defense, they're not going to win. And they don't really have that great of a defense and the Browns are going to smoke them. Yeah, I don't. I, I this is not even a discussion for me. I think the Browns are a significantly better team at this point than the Giants. Uh, all right, so we got two games left. Stay in New York. Uh, intriguing team, a team that people are expecting a lot out of. The New York Jets, the Fighting Sam Darnolds. Cameron, how are you feeling about that? Well, if they can avoid mono, then I think <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to bring a game. I think, but I, I do. I think I think Cleveland owns New York at the end of these two weeks. And I think they, they beat the Jets. I said this, this little streak that I have predicted in my head, it's, it's, it's a hot streak. So we're going three in a row. Oh, Chad. Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold's going to see ghosts in this game and uh, they're not going to, they're not going to be with Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams is gone. So uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah. Browns win. Browns win. Joey. Easy win. Easy wins. I'm yeah, I uh I gotta win too. I was thinking about this one. I was thinking about making this a loss. Uh just again, feeling hot, feeling good. The Browns have not been in a situation like all of us are predicting their record's gonna look like this in a long time. And so I thought maybe they'd get a little caught up, but yeah, no, I I I just think they're just superior to the New York teams. And, uh, and they come out of New York with two wins, which leads us to week 17. Uh, and one of my favorite matchups that they need to never change the Browns and the Steelers in week 17, uh, which I love in Cleveland. Uh, and we've all got the Browns sitting with really good records at this point. So what's that game going to look like against the Steelers? So I think at this point, I have them losing five games, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So this would be win 11. Correct. This would be like clear cut, probably playoff. Oh, you don't win 11 games and not make the playoffs. That's exactly 90% likely. So yes, they're going to be. All right. I was nervous. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. The suspense. I think it's been a very long time since the Browns have seen the playoffs. And I think that after last season, with all of the expectations that have, were put on their shoulders and all of the way that they kind of let everybody down, not intentionally, mostly by leadership, uh, I think that I think this year is really when you start to see that develop. You got They already have the heart. They have the desire. They have the drive. They want it. They've been talking about it. And now they have the talent. They've been filling in. On paper, they look amazing. Everything feels like it's panning out, but I do think that this is the year. I say it every year, but I really think this is the year that we get back in the playoffs. Now I don't know what happens after in the first round. I can't. Right. I won't even even attempt to guess. But I think this win against the Steelers is just that drive in. Season ends explosively. Fans go crazy. Browns are in the playoffs. The rivalry is back on because Steelers fans are so upset. Yeah. And it's just the, it's the, I think week 17, that's it, man. That's it's the best. Love it. Chad. Yeah. Browns dominate the Steelers in this game. 
I, I just think at this point, you know, the Browns are going to have it all together. Um, you know, you know, for the, for me this year, it was the Browns for me this year, it's about the Browns proving whether they can be good or not. And I think by this game, they're, they're going to have it proven. And I think the Browns dominate the Steelers in this game and they move on to the playoffs. Oh God. From your lips to God's ears, my man, Joe, what do you got? <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Easy win. I mean, this is the exclamation mark on the December run. This is the beginning of the playoffs. Um, and they're going wow. to roll into week one of the playoffs with a full head of steam. Sweet. Uh, I got a loss. I got the Browns coming in with 11 wins coming into this game. I think the Browns are going to have a uh, playoff locked up at this point. Uh, and unless they really need the game for, for some kind of positioning, I just feel like this is kind of a, let's not get hurt. Let's be healthy for the playoffs kind of game. Uh, and, and I, I'm, I'm having, the, I'm going to have the Browns as much as I hate it. I'm not real excited about it, but I'm going to have the Browns take a loss to the Steelers week 17. Uh, and you know, what's funny. We all have different losses. We all have different opinions on the losses and all four of us independently come up with 11 and five. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll tell you. Listen, I, I said it. I said, I'd be very surprised and probably hurt if the Browns win less than 10 games. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it would hurt. It would hurt my feelings. <laughs> they would, they would hurt my actual feelings. Deep in the soul. Very personal. <laughs> but eleven and five—that feels—that feels right. I'm glad that we all came to that consensus. Well, you know what happened? And I'm not a crazy person. What happened the last time the Browns won ten games in a season? We didn't go to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the Indianapolis Colts started Jim Sorgi in their Week 17 game against the Jaguars. They lost, and the Browns missed the playoffs, even though they went ten and six in 2007. So I can't have them win ten games. They gotta they gotta get to eleven. All right, so we all got them going 11 and 5. Uh, and listen, really good Browns talk. We haven't done a lot of Browns talk. We've talked a lot about the Indians coming up, a lot about NHL and NBA and all that. But uh, man, if the Browns season went the way we all just predicted it would go, it's going to be the most fun fall and winter in Cleveland that this city has seen in a long, long time with the Browns uh, uh, having an electric first energy stadium down there winning games. Is there going to be a small part in the back of your guys' mind that's going to be tempering your expectations? Or are you like, this is, this is 11 and five all the way. Yes. I'm there. It's yeah. gotta be. That's my expectation. Always in the back of your mind though. You're, you're going to be like, Oh, Browns are going to Brown. Or is it just like, no, this team's going 11 and five. Listen, can I make a point real quick? It's sports. Like who gives a shit? I got expectations. If, <laughs> if they don't meet the expectations, who gives a shit? Like my life is still going to go on as normal. Oh, hey, listen, you say that now, but last year when they were going six, when they went six and ten, you were going nuts. Uh, yeah, yeah. Going That's the passion of it, though. I love it. But, like, I still, like, got up and went to work and, like, had my family and stuff. Like, no, my expectations are 11 and 5, and they better do it. Yeah, but you're still pissed off for the next day when you go up and get to work. I feel like it's good to have high expectations. Yeah. It's good, because then you wouldn't be a fan if you didn't. You know, so having got high expectations is a good thing. But it's also really good to be realistic and have that voice in the back of your head because uh, yes, it's Cleveland, but it's also sports. You don't know what's going to happen. 
any season could go derail so quickly. Things are unpredictable. And with this Browns team, I, I have this 11 and five prediction. Yes. I'm very on board. I think that the Browns have done everything right this off season. And I think that from what they learned last season, I think that's really beneficial. And I think 11 and five is actually realistic. It's not just me being, yeah. you know, Homer. I really think it's something that they can do, but also I don't think it's the end of the world. If they, if they don't, I think that, you have to be realistic about what is going on. They have a brand new coach. It's the same as last year. So yes, it's good to have expectations. Temper them when it comes down to it and don't get mad or boo them no. when things don't pan out. But no, it's it's healthy. It's healthy to have that voice in the back of your head. Two words. Kevin Stefanski. Like has any has any coach, I know he hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't coached anything yet. But has anybody ever come in and done like more of the right stuff than he's done over his time, whether it's, whether it's talking about playing and the team or whether it's supporting his players or whether it's standing up for causes that he believes in that he knows is, that are important to his players. Like has any coach ever come in and just done all the right stuff like that? Oh, it's crazy. It's a, it's a whole organization. They're doing everything. Andrew Barry is yeah. incredible. Incredible. And he makes me feel old and unaccomplished and i don't like him for that but i like him for everything else that he does oh uh, well hey listen i agree with everything you guys just said except for the fact that you know you said it's sports you don't know what's going to happen guys since 1999 we've known what's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> all right don't bring me down chad but but i but uh, you know coming around full circle to that i you know i think this is the best front office that the browns have had Easy. since 1999 <laughs> I mean, they, they've been very smart uh, in their decision-making, and they seem I, – I, I know we've said this before too, but honestly, this is – John Dorsey was great at acquiring talent, but this seems to be the best overall front office that we've had. Andrew Barry has made smart decisions and really going in the right direction. Yep. All right, so good Browns talk. Miles Garrett's wrapped up. We got him going 11-5 and five, uh, consensus on the Garage Beers podcast featuring Cameron Justice here tonight. Uh, so Cameron, we're going to wrap it up. I got to hear one last thing from you before we let you go. And we really appreciate your time with us, but uh, we did bring up some of the, some of the name change things going on. And the Indians obviously are right in the middle of that. You're a big Indians fan. You're, you obviously report on the Indians. I don't, I, we don't need to have a big long discussion about it. We did that last week, but I do want to hear last week, we, last week we went through about 25 of these potential names that have been either Vegas betting odds or things that people have been mentioning on, uh, on Twitter. So the only thing I want to hear from you, um, cause I don't know, I feel like it's kind of a foregone conclusion that that's going to happen. Uh, so what, what, is that also kind of a foregone conclusion for you? What do you think the team is going to name themselves if that does happen? And then sidebar, what's the one you want them to name themselves? All right. So yes, I think it is. It's a foregone conclusion. They're going to change the name, uh, like it or not. I think, that it's been time and uh, yeah I mean I grew up with the team name it's been it's ingrained in me I it, it, it means something it's sentimental and I'm not gonna I can't deny that for anyone I know that what people are feeling it's, it's hard to watch that go but also you have to understand what it means to other people it's it's about being compassionate and understanding that while it might not resonate with you as offensive other people are saying it is, so it's probably time for the team to change the name. Let's avoid that at all costs. So it's time. 
uh, and yeah, they probably will. So what I think they'll name it, I honestly have no idea. There's so many different names out there. I, I hate that the spiders are in the uh, running. Just yep. <laughs> You're in good company but, there. But like that could, that's, I think that's probably higher up on the list uh, than some of the other ones. A Guardians probably is up on the list. Uh, I don't, I don't mind. Listen, I like sports. <laughs> <laughs> I like sports. The team, they could name them the midges and I would still cheat, like root for them. I still want them to do well. <laughs> so the name doesn't really matter to me, uh, but I did. And it's not probably anywhere close to a potential name, but my favorite is wild things. Oh, I love calling them the wild things. Cause it gives you that Indians feel it's got that vibe. That's the whole, the whole movie was the Indians with, if you lose the name, you lose the mascot, maybe put like a face with some glasses with the <laughs> skull in the middle. It doesn't have to be Charlie Sheen as the <laughs> map. No, that, it all falls <laughs> apart there. <laughs> but I, that, I like, that's my favorite thing. I love it. It's not probably anywhere realistic, but that would be really cool in my opinion. Other than that, though, the, the, I mean, they can change. Cleveland can have a baseball team with any name. And as much as fans say, I won't root for them, they will. Of course they will. Because we don't it's like sports because it's Cleveland. Would you buy a Cleveland shit faces t-shirt, Cameron? That's what Mike said. <laughs> Cleveland shit faces. I said they could name them the shit faces. I'm good with it. Uh, you know, I prob- I would end up with merch somehow. I don't know how, but I would. The shit faces shirt. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Hey, girls, or hey, guys, you want to go down to the shit faces? I'm in. I'm in. Hey, listen, yeah, as long go. as it's my baseball team, and if, if Frank Francisco Lindor was there, I'm in. Uh, all right, so we're going to wrap it up. Uh, go give our friend Cameron Justice a follow on her Twitter page. Uh, do you call it, what do you say, Cammy Justice? Cammy Justice is the answer. Cammy Justice. Uh, do yourself a favor and read the article she posted and pinned on her, on her page. That's awesome. But uh, from Channel 5, Cameron Justice, thank you so much for spending all this time with us here tonight. We had a great time talking to some Browns. Uh, and uh, and listen, keep doing what you're doing. Keep being part of this Cleveland Girl Gang and uh, and doing all this incredible work. And we're uh, we're excited to watch. And, and hopefully we can have you on again and, and just uh, have you as a friend of the show. So thank you so much for being on with us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was a, it was a blast. We had a great time. And I am uh, all checked out of my <laughs> yeah. diet. So I'm going to go get a refill. You guys... <laughs> You guys keep going. All right, go get a refill, Cameron. Thank you again for joining us, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you. Cheers. And once again, that was Cameron Justice from Channel 5. Uh, she's digital media. She does a lot of reporting, uh, covering really everything, but she's uh, she's awesome with sports, part of this Cleveland Girl Gang uh, on sports, and uh, we feel very fortunate to have had her on tonight. We had a lot of fun with her, and, and hopefully we can do that again. Uh, pretty awesome, guys. That we all came to 11-5 and five on, on the Brown season. Uh, with different losses scattered all over the place. I feel like I gave the Browns the worst losses. I had them losing to the Bengals, the Steelers at the end. Uh, people probably hate my, I actually had the Browns, I had the Browns going 11 and five and three and three in the division, which I did not do intentionally, but a uh, uh, really great time here. Uh, really fun. We, again, we haven't talked a ton of Browns. So really fun to kind of get back into the Browns and start thinking about them again. Uh, uh, and God, please listen to the garage beers podcast and let our Browns go 11 and five. I don't know what I will do with myself. Uh, so fellas, uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, anything from you, Chad or Joey, uh, before we head out. 
no, that was a great time. Thanks to Cameron Justice for uh, joining us. And yeah, I, I, I had fun. I can't wait for next week, guys. Cool. Well, again, Cameron Justice is at Cammy Justice on Twitter. Uh, you can find us all over the place at at the Garage Beers is the main show page. I am at Garage Beers Mike, at Garage Beers Chad, and at Garage Beers Joe. Uh, you can find us at uh, the Garage Beers Podcast on Facebook and then on Instagram, which we are uh, uh, making a little bit of a foray into at uh, the Garage Beers as well on Instagram. Uh, so follow us there, listen to us, share us with your friends. Uh, and please, if you've got good beers that you got to recommend to us, let us know. We got a great guest coming up for you next week. Uh, a music star, uh, that is going to give us a little taste of Louisiana and, uh, an NFC South preview where we're going to kind of start our NFL, NFL preview series, uh, talking to somebody from each division in the NFL and we're going to kick it off with a great special guest. You won't want to miss that next week to talk about the NFC South and to talk a little music. So uh, don't miss that next week. Uh, but for Cameron Justice and then for uh, Chad, Joey, and myself, we just want to say thank you for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. And cheers, everybody. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey. I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow. Ow. Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.